You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. There are two things you can count on when it comes to Thunder Talk and this time of year. Uh, the first, of course, is my life goes to hell in a handbasket. Little fun facts about infarcted spleens. Uh, one, all infarcted spleens involve spleens. Uh, two, take it out before it takes you out. Otherwise, your body will reabsorb it. Yum, 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 yum. Definitely be choosy about the hospital you stay at. Uh, and two, we turn the show, Lock, Stock, and Barrel, over to our dear friend, director of the Miami International Sci-Fi Film Festival, Troy Bernier, who once again comes to our rescue. This was material from last year's festival in 2022, but certainly holds up just as well today. Troy had the pleasure of interviewing the creators behind the film Apotheosis. He speaks with director Max Pierce and producer Maria Sara Santoro about the film's themes, characters, production, all of it. Be sure to head over to MeCFi.com. That's M-I-S-C-I-F-I.com. Submissions have recently closed. Selections are almost completed. This year taking place April 14th through the 16th at the James L. Knight Center. Tickets, all of that, will be on the website very soon. I personally would like to thank Troy for, once again, firing up his tractor beams and pulling the show out of the black hole of obscurity. I unintentionally seem to put us in annually. Stay tuned. There'll be more Thunder Talk, fresh Thunder Talk, coming uh, in the next week or so. So without further ado, director of the Miami International Sci-Fi Film Festival, Troy Bernier, the creators of Apotheosis, Max Pierce, and Maria Sarah Santoro. Thunder Talk. Greetings, Internet people. My name is Troy Bernier, and we are on Thunder Talk. Today, we are speaking to you from the Miami International Science Fiction Film Festival. This episode, we will speak about the film Apotheosis. It is a story about Celine. She is a diligent aerospace grad student with dreams of working on Colony Arania, the first functioning space colony. However, she is a naturally born human living amongst the first generation of genetically engineered designer baby humans, making for a highly competitive job market. After her mother loses her job, there is a sabotage attack on the space colony. So the company that owns it, Rusk Ventures, launches a recruiting campaign open to everyone, and Celine takes the opportunity. She and her genetically engineered friend Fabrizio, who's Rusk's son, both compete. Joining us today is the director, Matt Pierce, who is from Vancouver, a northwestern city surrounded by an extremely biodiverse rainforest, and the film's producer, Maria Sara Santoro, who is from Milan, a northern Italian industrial fashion metroplex. Let's dive in, folks. We're going to enjoy this one. I enjoyed that story. It, it, was, um, it was refreshing. It was refreshing from the typical sci-fi shoot 'em up adventure 
this was a much, much of a uh, sibling, almost like a sibling rivalry take, you know, with a with a positive twist. So tell tell us where the name comes from and how you guys got into all of this. So the 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 word apotheosis uh, is. Um, Briefly, it just means uh, the transition from being a mortal to a god. Um, Maria Sara actually studied it's, languages, and she can give you the breakdown of the actual word. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it comes from Greek. Uh, I only know this because I studied classics. Uh, it basically means uh, to the gods. So it's the tendency of humans uh, to um, have uh, uh, this um drive to become more than humans uh, <laughs> and in a way what that's kind of the uh what we wanted the, our characters to be like <clears throat> since they all want to go to space uh and in particular we have Celine who's a just naturally born human so she's not genetically engineered and she goes against these genetically modified humans which have kind of like this godlike uh vibe in a way so it's the becoming more than human. That's but, why but, but hold but hold on a second now, Maria. Um when I heard that you you guys are coming out of LA or you know, uh the West Coast, I'm I'm thinking that you're you know, as we are from, but you don't sound like you're from over there. <laughs> where whereabouts are you coming from? Where where are you coming from? I yeah, I guess it's a podcast. They yeah, yeah. they would hear this. <laughs> Uh, my, I am from Italy. Uh, okay. I grew up in Milan, Italy. Um, and then I moved to England. So my English is all right. Uh, and then I moved here where I met Max because we went to USC together. USC is University of South, uh, uh Southern University Florida, Florida, Southern California. California uh, oh, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. And Max, you're, you're not from LA either, right? You're from Canada, right? That's correct. I'm from Vancouver, Canada, on the West Coast. Still West Coast, but yeah, north. Oh wow! Uh, wow. Yeah, I spent most of my life there, and then got into the University of Southern California, so I moved down here. So, what what drove you guys into what drove you two into making uh, this film, Apotheosis? Um, so, Marissa and I are both huge fans of sci-fi and fantasy and genre films as a whole. And we, we agreed that sci-fi has the ability to, to elevate stories about the human condition that could be more than, as you say, shoot them up <laughs> stories. Um, and one thing that's kind of that we noticed going to the University of Southern California mm-hmm. was there was this very large divide between uh, students, how would you phrase this, um, level of privilege I was going to say without saying the word privilege. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. And so, I mean, we we have, uh, you know, we we have friends who are George Lucas scholars who are on full right who are on full ride scholarships attending there, and then we had other classmates, you know, who are like, you know, living up in Malibu in multi mansion, <laughs> you know, multi mansion estates, and it's kind of like this huge wide divide of, of privilege and but we all want to but we all want to do the thing. same thing we all we all <laughs> came to the, you know film school to learn to be filmmakers and yet you know we have this huge range of, of backgrounds 
Um, and the different backgrounds also give you very different opportunities. Like a right. lot of us uh, have no opportunities whatsoever because of their backgrounds. And then there's other people that just ask and have it. Yeah. And that's yeah, not they, just they, they, But there must have been at least some good parties you guys had. There had to be there had to have been some good parties. We were, yeah. We we were it was our masters, so there were less parties, but still yes. Yeah. Um and so we we transitioned that to the story in the sense of we 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 kind of thought about um genetic engineering and how a few years ago with the advent of CRISPR that's starting to come on to uh, to reality. And um it was funny you brought up Robotech and Cross earlier because we uh, actually took a lot of inspiration for Apotheosis from uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Is that copyright? Is that copyright? Gundam. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we, so we realized like, you know, if, if genetic engineering ever does become, come onto the market, probably going to be one of those things that only the ultra rich are going to be able to afford to do. And so these kids who are born into rich families are going to become even more privileged by being made, you know, faster, stronger, smarter, quicker, etc. And so we just extrapolated that into, okay, what, how, what, how does that play out when those individual, you know, what if they end up, you know, in school together, those individuals who are genetically engineered and those who are born naturally, you know, end up in the same position where they're competing, competing for the same opportunities. Um, that's, and that's, that's where the, the inspiration for the film came from. I, I, something tells me that this is already happening yeah. it, just at a very low, low level. Yeah. Um, well, no, absolutely. I think that's why a lot of people are liking the movie because you can, easily recognize yourself uh, in either character right. in a way. Right. right. Um, Tell us a little bit about the Celine character. Who who thought up the Celine character? Uh, we wrote the movie together and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it, even though he directed it, Max directed and I produced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the characters are actually based on our, um, well, they're, they're not directly from our lives, but they're based on people that we know and Celine is a mix of our personalities and experiences in a way we have we both have very strong mother figures in our lives that helped us uh, uh, to achieve our dreams and follow them just just for background on that Celine uh, lives with her single mother in a basically one room studio apartment in the film yeah um um, yeah, as Maria Sarr said, we both grew up with very strong uh, mother figures. And, and so, um, another uh, thing that Celine has is uh, she's um, uh, part of the LGBTQ community, uh, which we both are. Yeah. Um, we both had friends uh, like Fabrizio. <laughs> Uh, Fabrizio might be more directly inspired by a specific individual we went to, went to <laughs> which we're not going to say that <laughs> uh, but you know it, so she she's the protagonist and she's based on uh, us in a way and honestly anyone who uh, has dreams and wants to achieve them uh, but uh, 
it's not just like doesn't a have, smooth road in front of yeah, them. Yeah, right do, doesn't have the opportunity. The, the reason why I bring it up, <clears throat> I watched the film probably twice. And to me, you know, I, I couldn't tell the direct identity of the person. I could not tell. And to me, I saw a person that almost had two identities. So it kind of makes sense from what you're telling me that well, we both were involved in creating this person. And I'm like, somebody had to be because it's, it, it, it's, it was a very complex character. It with different, different types of emotions coming from the person. It, whereas you, you didn't know what in the world, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't, I had to look up the credits and who, you know, so, you know, kudos to you with developing this character, um, different. We, different. we all, yeah, I was about to say, Marina, sorry, <laughs> we also have to give kudos to our lead, uh, actress, Renee. Yeah. Um, amazing. She, we, yes. we, uh, we had over a thousand submissions for that role. We had over a thousand submissions for that role, and we got it down. Who'd you, first, first of all, who'd you use? Did you use back backstage? We used both. We used backstage and yeah. um, oh, oh god, what's the other one? <laughs> oh, shout out! Shout out to backstage. Backstage. Backstage yeah, is backstage. yeah. Backstage is a sponsor of the yes, festival. We did, we did use backstage. There was one other um, uh, uh, company that we used, but I can't. For the life of it's fine. Well, we used mm-hmm. another one too. Um, mm-hmm. It's okay. It's okay. And uh, but it was also funny because uh, Renee actually uh, was in a previous film a, we produced. Was in a previous film we produ- we produced, uh, uh, which was directed by uh, our editor, <laughs> the, yeah. the guy that edited Apotheosis, Riley Lynch, and um she she we didn't think we would cast her but we just it was we, a thousand people and yeah. then we just couldn't not cast her it was impossible wow. it was perfect wow. yeah. it we yeah when we saw her in the submissions we said wouldn't it be funny if we just cast her but we 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 gave everyone their due we went through and looked at everyone's headshots we watched all their uh reels after watching all the reels mm-hmm. uh we asked for about 20 well no we had about 200 self-tapes yeah we had about 200 self-tapes and then from and that we got we had about 10 callbacks that's 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 a nightmare in work. So to to get it cl- to make it clear for our audience the name is Renee Leach Renee Leach we're talking about and the um her opposite was this is a very interesting name Dor is yes. that right Dor Gvertsman Gvertsman yeah holy smokes where is he from he's from San Francisco I believe he's from San Francisco the Bay Area he oh, can't wow. be he can't be <laughs> that's not a name from San Francisco <laughs> his family is Israeli that's Israeli that's such a bizarre name Dor Gvertsman. Yes. Holy smokes. He is also an amazing actor. <laughs> oh yes, yes. He 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 can go along with with his uh his role. He's he's got it too. You know what now is a good time for? It's time for a promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. 
The Cosmic Pizza Podcast, you say? Mmm, that sounds delicious. What is that? It's a delicious slice of life. In every episode? In every episode, where we talk about conspiracy theories, cartoons of our childhood, Star Trek quizzes, movies that we've liked, hard racing, general pop culture, fantasy recasts. But what we don't talk about is pizzas. Right here on the ESO Network. This is the world premiere. Yes. Thank you so much for giving us that opportunity. Thank you. And, <laughs> and um, so how many other festivals have you sent the film out to? Because I would assume that you, you sent it out to other festivals. Yes, okay. we sent it to a lot of festivals. We just got a rejection today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, um, it, we know how it goes. Well, but we sent it to a lot of festivals, yeah. Then you, then you also know that um you know you would get a lot of uh you know if the film does well gets good coverage you can you can get into quite a many festivals but yes there are also lots could be a lots of rejections at the end of the day it really comes down to who you're sending it to and what they like and most folks don't really put in the effort to identify what that festival likes. One of the easiest ways to figure out what a festival likes is what they play. So mm-hmm. if they don't play sci-fi, don't send your sci-fi film to them. Oh, I know. I, <laughs> right? that's, yeah. that's a really good advice because I, I basically went through every single festival that says their genre and like looked at their past years uh, and what they played. And uh, I sent I sent this specific movie specifically to sci-fi and genre festivals uh, beside yeah. uh, another like four or five festivals that are just like big names and uh, we'll see how that goes. It's the big name festivals we're not getting. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the deal also with that is um, when you attend festivals, make sure you network Yes. With the other filmmakers and other festival people, sometimes um, people from other festivals attend the festival, right? And they're there for the purposes of getting films. They don't go just to watch the films. They go there to see the ones that they really like. And and, and then they start handing out cards and say, hey, please send your film to us. We, we probably play your film. Um, it does happen. It does. It, it is that easy. Um I would travel to festivals to pick up films because sometimes you don't get those films submitted to your festival. Right. So um, that's not uncommon. Um, What also happens is word gets around about the film. And that happens when the film is announced that it's at a festival or if it's nominated or if it wins, then sometimes they take that even more seriously and they say, please send your film in because we'll probably play it anyway. If it's, if it won at that festival, we're probably going to just play it anyway. So, um, that happens too. Um, bottom line, if you attend the festivals, that too makes it good, mm-hmm. you know, for you. Um, cause festivals love it when filmmakers show up at their festivals. So the next question then is what's next? And the what's next is best when you're at a festival, right? 
and you're asking money for your new film. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll never have that moment again where you're being celebrated and you say, well, yeah, I'm being celebrated, but you know, I'm willing to take a check. You know, if you want to produce the, the next film, don't, don't be shy. So what's, what's next for you guys? Uh, we're currently developing Apotheosis into a feature length film. Um, There's a script being developed yeah, right now. Yes. We're, we're, we're writing that we're currently writing the script for the feature version of Apotheosis. And, and you're doing it because? Because uh, it was always supposed to be a feature. Um, okay. We, okay. we had the idea as a feature and, uh, but, but our school has a great thesis <clears throat> class program. So we developed it in a way that um, this could be a short movie and a proof of concept for then being able to pitch our feature version, uh, which would literally be this, but longer and with a way bigger, bigger sense of the world. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So then your short is a very good calling card to raise funds for the feature. Exactly. Thank without you. A doubt, Thank you. Without a doubt, you know, don't, don't hesitate to do that. Um, Cause you have, a, you already have the work it's there and it's very easy for someone just to take uh, 20 minutes of their time, really 15 um, to uh, decide whether or not they want to invest in it. So um, you're, you're in a much better position than you think. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And how long do you think it's going to take you to, to produce that film? As it is right now, we also have uh, other projects that we're developing. We have another uh, sci-fi movie actually in other um, festivals right now. Oh, uh, really? And uh, yeah, it's it's way shorter. What's, what's <laughs> the name of it? It's called Nomad, uh, and it's it's kind of it's more of a it's more I guess science fantasy would be a way to describe it. It's set so far post-apocalyptic that humans have reverted back to kind of um, bronze era wow. uh, bronze era technology wow paleolithic technology yeah wow. um, that's pretty neat you got to send that in man yeah oh yeah that's, that's... But i'm saying that because um, we have that and then um i we just got a couple of jobs <laughs> and uh, so it would i'm we're kind of uh assuming that it's gonna take like another couple of years uh, or like at least a full year to actually pre-produce and find funds uh, for apotheosis in particular because we're using the festivals as you were saying um we're using the festivals to find people that are interested uh, in funding and helping producing it so at least a full year (laughs) to put it put it up together you know wow no, that's um, all. I, my only comment is don't don't let too much time pass. Definitely. This is one of, one of the biggest mistakes filmmakers make is they take years to make films. Sure. Take the least amount of time possible to get it done so you can be on to the next. And here's the reason why. Let's say you have 10 years of filmmaking in your career. I've seen people take five to seven years to make their film. 
at that pace, you'll never make more than a film. <laughs> right? Whereas there's some folks who have this ability to produce one film a year. Guess what? Yeah. Whether you're a writer or whether you're a filmmaker, if you produce 10 films, of, if you produce a film a year, in 20 years, those films are sending in checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those books that you wrote, sending in checks. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at it from a business standpoint. And yeah, you, there's always time to take to perfect a film. But you have to figure out when is it good enough to move on to the next. And in my opinion, that is the secret. And a lot of filmmakers can't do that. And I think that's what really kind of determines those who make money can live off of it versus those who are struggling. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind, you know, for the future. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I've I've been doing this for over nine years now, <laughs> and before that, I was making films. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm looking at it from both both angles. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you come into the festival, both of you, both of you, two wonderful filmmakers in GNU, wonderful filmmakers. You're coming to the festival, and we can't wait to see you and hang out. We ask that you come on Friday, so at least show up on Friday so we can have, and I'll send the email out. I, I actually have to send the communique out for that because we're going to have a little gathering. That'll be our only gathering for the festival. It'll be an outdoor gathering. We're going to, we're going to gather at the bar at the hotel. And then after that, we're going to uh, go to Bayside. So, um, you know, it'll be a long night. Not too long, but probably till about 11 o'clock. Um, and, uh, you know, just for people to experience Miami and see all the lights, because it is a beautiful city and it's a great time of the year to be in Miami. So um, that's the fun that we're going to have. And with that said, either of you, uh, Max uh, or, or uh, Maria, have something extra you would like to add? Uh, we're very excited and very looking forward to it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait. Awesome. 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 Awesome sauce. Okay, great. Well, uh, also don't forget cosplay is fun. I will be in uniform that first night. And of course, during every part of the festival after that, I will be in uniform. So, um, that's it for now, guys. That's it. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I look forward to seeing you in a, in a few days. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And thank you. The 2023 Miami International Sci-Fi Film Festival will be taking place April 14th through the 16th at the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida, of course. M-I-S-C-I-F-I dot com. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon 
or by shopping at the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.